Welcome to episode two of Let's Have Words. You'll notice that my coffee is partly empty and the hat may have moved a little. That's because I screwed everything up and messed up the microphone because I'm an idiot, which I feel like I keep harping on on this uh, all the time. But I'm Jonathan Stone, and this podcast is produced by Forerunner. If you have any questions about getting involved with this show or having content produced by Forerunner, connect with us on Facebook or email us at info at forerunner.tv. Do me a favor, whatever platform it is that you are listening or watching on, like, share, comment, and subscribe. All those things help us take off and will allow us to continue to create this stuff for you. If you're on Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, or Amazon Music, we've got more things coming for you, but we'd love for you to help us out on all of those platforms. Quick reminder that you can watch this also on our YouTube channel. If you're interested in that, it will be on YouTube, and it will be under my name, Jonathan Stone. We're working on creating a separate channel for it. Uh, This week's episode is once again brought to you by Duke Cannon. Duke Cannon is a purveyor of superior quality grooming goods built for the hardworking man. Duke Cannon products are made in U.S. of A, and this company supports and benefits our veterans. Check out DukeCannon.com and... I got a new discount code, so I'm not going to be made fun of. You can use my discount code for 10% off your purchase. It is BBLHW for Let's Have Words. BBLHW for 10% off your purchase. Thank the Lord I fixed that. I was sick of being made fun of. It's like the other one was like Roman numerals. Yeah, it was like BBLMNOQ. Decipher it. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Roman numeral six. (laughs) Today's going to be an amazing interview. We have a guest here that is only 23 years old, and he's already making a national name for himself. So we've got Robert Bowden. He's here today, and he's going to tell us all about being a successful young entrepreneur. Yes, sir. Excited to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, I don't think it's only going to be about entrepreneurship. We're going to talk about a lot. A lot of stuff. I'm excited for it. Yep. You ready to hop in? Let's do it. Let's do it. So. Well, I've got the picture pulled up of the new location. Yep. And so this is just a kind of a rough idea. Uh, you're going to have a garage bay. Yep. You're going to have some big glass windows and yep. all that. And then when he's talking about the showroom, and I got to tour the facility the other day. It's insane. It's so incredible. Um, I think, do we have another interior maybe of it? I think it? we might. Yeah, the plywood won't be on there. Don't worry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we're waiting on some glass to show up, and we have a lot of stuff going on inside, and they wanted to get it uh, secured up. So I believe this uh, is also... Yeah, that bay that you were talking about, one of the glass windows that will appear is a glass window on the front of the building is actually a functional door. So we'll be able to put a vehicle inside the showroom too just to yeah. show off as well. So And then this cool. is actually what the interior of the facility part of it will look yes. like. Yeah, I, I didn't share a photo of the cool part with the mezzanine with the office I know. that overlooked the shop. That's really cool, but I kind of want to keep that a little so, low key. So one of my first questions when I got into the, into this facility, right below this this garage door y'all can see my mouse yep. and for those of you that are listening this is this room is how big that space there is a little bit over six thousand square feet maybe even more no it might be closer to seven thousand now let's just open. let's overestimate say seven thousand yep. so this space right here is wide open at the moment and and what robert was trying to explain to me is once it already looks big mm-hmm. and then once you start putting vehicles and the materials in there it's still going to look huge because of yep. the size of things that you're housing yep. so right before this garage bay door you see this little indention in the floor yep it's kind of hard to see from a distance, but when you're there, it'll make more sense. And my first question, of course, because I'm really an idiot. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't understand exactly what it was. So explain to everybody, what in the world is that? Yeah, so that's a recessed pit. Um, a scissor lift will actually be placed in that. Um, okay. And the reason being, uh, it'll allow us to flush mount the scissor lift. So most shops that have a scissor lift or a four post lift, it's just regularly 
mounted in the concrete or on the concrete mm -hmm. and uh it there's a few inches from the finished floor to the top of the lift um, which doesn't seem like a whole lot but on lowered vehicles um you know you have to be able to clear those few inches in order to get a vehicle on without scraping the bottom or messing up a body kit um, things like that so with it being recessed it'll actually allow the scissor lift to be flush with the concrete so it doesn't matter how low a vehicle is as long as that vehicle vehicle can drive on the road it can get on the rack and we will be one of the only shops in southern kentucky that a has a lift and i think we might be the only shop in southern kentucky that has a recessed flush mounted scissor lift that works on modified suspension vehicles, which is pretty cool. And it also allows us, since it has no posts and it's a scissor lift, it doesn't matter how wide the you know a truck or a Jeep is. Right. Um, you know, as long as it can get inside of our door, which is you know very wide. It's a garage um, door. Yeah, you know, you'll be able to get on the lift. So that'll be pretty cool. It gives us a little bit of a competitive advantage. So yeah, uh, it's it costs a little bit more to do, but I think in the long run it'll be something that we're really happy that we did. Were you were you planning for something like that, being that you're so well versed in this world? Or did you have somebody that suggested, say, hey, man, you probably need to do something like this? Yeah. Or are you just such a creative mind, you were like, oh, no, I can house this. That's what I want to do. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I don't want to take the credit for it by any means. Um, you know, I'm familiar with other shops around the country. Right. And obviously, what do they do? What do they do? See what works here and there. Um, it was always something I knew I always wanted to have a scissor lift. And then, mm -hmm. obviously, with the shop that we have, the current location, the last two years of not having a scissor lift, A, and also obviously not having a recessed scissor lift, um, you know, we decided, hey, this would be great to do it if we can. And right. In the grand scheme of things, it's it's a rounding error in order to have that concrete recessed to do it. So it, it it was definitely something that we were planning on doing since the design process. We didn't right. decide to do that right at the end or anything. So. And so I was joking earlier because this guy does some <coughs> funny voices too. And, oh, geez. But uh, oh. no, when I say you're a jack of all trades, like yeah. you really are because you also designed this entire building. I did, yeah. We were walking through, and he's like, oh, yeah, I designed that, and I designed that. And I'm sitting here thinking, like, what do you mean you designed all of this? This is a legitimate, like, yeah. I mean, you were the creative mind behind it. You were everything behind the entire design, too. Mm -hmm. And you just told somebody, hey, this is what I want. Yep. Make it so. Absolutely, yeah. So <laughs> that's crazy. So let's go back to the beginning, mm -hmm. I guess, and then we'll see just how far we've come. So yeah, when you first started, was in a garage, <laughs> right? In a little while, yeah. Yep, mom and dad's garage back in Atlanta. That was, I think, back in 2015. It is. Yep, it, well, that's what it says on yep, there. 2015, yep. and this is just... In your parents' garage. Yep. And they live. It, they lived at the time in Atlanta. Yep. Yep. I see him right there on the wall. The what? <laughs> he <laughs> said, "That's little baby Robert." Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Um, yeah. That was back in Atlanta, back in 2015. Um, we lived just north of Atlanta, and that was my parents' garage. And I can't remember what I was doing that day. I must have been working on someone's Jeep, and I had to just make a use a makeshift. Uh, I think I had a cardboard box I was working on. It was just a makeshift table, and um, you know what they say. I mean, humble beginnings, right? A lot of successful businesses started out in someone's garage and in my case it was my parents garage i was right. 17 at the time so Jeez. Um, it was <laughs> at that age it's kind of hard to go out and just you know get a lease somewhere right so, so, uh, so i did a little research on you yeah yep and you started in tw in 2015 at 17 yep. and it's because you got a jeep mm -hmm. and you were like man i really want to deck this thing out and your yep. parents basically told you no not yep. on our dime yep. you want to do it you're gonna do it yep and I guess, did that kind of just spark your interest? You're like, okay, if I want something to be done, then I guess I better figure it out. Yeah, I mean, I've been like that my entire life, I would say. Like, yeah, I've always 
gone to my parents with some harebrained ideas or really? you know, some really creative things. Hey, I want to do this. And they say, you know, absolutely. But <laughs> you got to do it on your own. Yeah. Um, or you at least get stuff going and we can help you out. Um, point you in the right direction type of thing. And so with the Jeep, I think I, I had some friends, that other, you know, other friends that had really cool Jeeps and whatnot. Mm-hmm. And I was like, created this whole list of everything that I wanted to do to it. And I think I presented it, presented it to them and they were like, that's awesome, but we're not going to pay $8,000 to have all this done that's for you. Wild. So um, when you say you were legitimately creative from the beginning, check out this picture, back. pull this way one up, Booba. This kid is just built. I, I'm not even sure all of those things are blocks. The two circle things look like uh, paper towel tubes. Man, so th- those were all blocks. You're right. Uh, <laughs> you know, my mom would be able to tell the story these stories better than I could. But ever since I was really, really young, um, I was always building something. I was always very creative. Um, I'd always been very fascinated by um, things that were symmetrical. So in that building block example that you're looking at a second ago, if you looked at it, I mean, it, every portion of that little building I was created looked the same on one side or the other. Yeah, um, yeah. So I always loved that. And then this other... Um, Pull this one up have. for me, Booba. Yeah, this other photo you have here playing with cars, my, my younger brother with me at the time. Um, just crazy. We would always create crazy stories and play out these different storylines, and that had to do with cars, which is funny. Yeah. And it's funny because these two photos, I mean, that first one you pulled up was me building. It was a you know, little building. Yeah. Looked like, and then that second photo was It looked like cars. a shop. It yeah, really did look cars, like so you were building a shop. It's weird, you know, these synchronicities. But um, I've, I've just always been like that. I've always been a really creative kid and always fascinated by taking an idea in your head and turning it into fruition, using your hands, getting dirty, putting something together. Um, and my entrepreneurial spirit, I guess we'll you know get into next. Um, I've got some crazy stories to talk about before Spartan even started as mm-hmm. well that could lead up into what, you know, what has become. So, and you started, you were telling me you got a lot of this from your grandfather. Mm-hmm. Your grandfather was a, was in sales. Yes. Correct? So yeah, he had a business for wholesale building materials back in Atlanta. Mm-hmm. Um, and my dad worked for him and they started that uh, way back and, you know, grew it. And I think that's probably where I got my entrepreneurial spirit from. Yeah. Um, obviously I wasn't around when that was created. Right. But, right. Uh, I think just seeing that from a young age and just having the encouragement and enthusiasm to. You know, and hearing the stories. Just, yeah. You don't even have to be there to hear the stories. Like every, my grandfather's the same way. I wasn't there, but I just yeah. heard the work, the work, the oh, work, yeah. the effort. Yeah. And Absolutely. so when you hear that and then you have the relationship with these people, it makes it, it kind of puts a little bit of pressure on you, too, a bit. Yeah, because definitely. you're like, man, if they can do it. You know, yep. they can do it. I should be able to. I well. should be able to. Yeah. And they're going to love seeing me do it too. Absolutely. Um, you close with your parents? Very, very close. Very, very family oriented. Um, and are they, are they pretty involved in this project now or is it like over their heads and they're like, we support <laughs> you and we love you, but we don't understand what you're doing. Yeah. In the project sense, do you mean Spartan as the business or yeah. in the expansion? Um, well, I guess just everything that you do. Yeah. Like my parents have always been super supportive, very loving. Yeah. And, and my dad was kind of in to music and all that. So Absolutely. when I started acting and all that, they, they loved it and they yeah. got it, but I don't think they understood yep. the level of like crazy. I was about, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like no, I totally you kind of get, totally get that way. Big time. No, they've always been extremely supportive. They've always been very encouraging to, you know, for myself and my siblings to pursue whatever yeah. it is that we were interested in. 
Um, you know, my mom, she was an ER nurse. My dad was in the building material industry. So neither of them had you know experience or any sort of background in the automotive business. Right. Um, you know, as we've expanded to this new facility and we built this new facility, um, you know, my dad, you know, him and I have been very involved in this just because his background was in building materials, you know, building construction, things like that. So he's been an incredible resource. That's neat. Um, I didn't even expansion. think about asking you that. Yeah. 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 Um, but no, they've always just been super supportive with what I'm doing and that's awesome. been, you know, cheerleaders along the way, as far as how involved they are, I mean, day to day, none at all right. other than me just reaching out and say, Hey, here's, you know, here's how we did last month or here's some cool things we've got coming along and I'll yeah. share links. They follow on social media. So they keep up with it. That's but fantastic. As far as day-to-day stuff, you know, very, very removed. They've got their own lives. They're living too. And yeah. they're supporting mine as well. So. And they are moving. They are. Yep. yep. They're moving. And while you're sad to see them move kind of far yep. away, I think that you'll probably still be very much so in touch. Yeah, no, I, I definitely will. Um, I mean, my sister's in New Orleans. My brother's in Utah. My parents are in Tennessee. I'm here in Kentucky. Um, yeah. No matter where they go, I'm obviously going to make the, you know, trip to go out there and see yeah. wherever they go and yeah. i'm just like that with family in general we've got a family group chat so everyone stays that's texting awesome and that all the time and whatnot so yeah it'll uh it'll be tough for them not to be right you know right next door yeah in nashville but um it'll be nice to be able to get out of bowling green every now and then and go see them it gives you an excuse exactly yeah yep. oh man yep. i gotta go to louisiana oh yep. man i gotta go to utah yep exactly <laughs> it's, uh, i exactly. guess i'm going 40 minutes south <laughs> yeah <laughs> i mean hey, we all Nashville's love nashville awesome, you can't beat it we're not knocking nashville it. i'm just no. saying you know 40 minutes that's a drive from one end of the city to the other That's true. in a That's lot true. of ways so yep. yep very true so when you started you were in your parents garage mm-hmm. and you were just working on friends vehicles yep. at the time right yep. so kind of walk us through that when people were coming to you were were you given creative control or did they have an idea and then how did you how in the world did you outsource some of this stuff yeah well to give a little i guess a little backstory on the whole thing so i started building the jeep um that I had this red Jeep. And as I continued to build it and it got bigger and bigger, you know, I learned more and more about the industry. I learned more about working on these cars. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had an Instagram page and that's really where this whole Spartan thing started. I had an Instagram page and I was promoting other people's Jeeps on it. So let's say you had a Jeep and you said, which I do, for, which you do. Yeah, <laughs> I have <which> three. <laughs> yes, sir. Uh, you would send me a photo of your Jeep and where you are and whatnot. And I would post that and write a little something about it and just share it. And that yeah. grew. I mean, that got that page got to like 10,000 followers. It it's like a, big. this Jeep thing is it's, like a cult now. It is low key, <laughs> low, low key, high key. It is. Yeah, oh, for I mean, sure. Um, <laughs> Swanson said it's it high is, key. It is. Um, and so with that, you know, I gained some traction and yeah. there were some companies that reached out and said, Hey, if you promote our products on your social media platform, we'll send you free stuff. So I was like, oh, nice. sweet. And that's, that's actually really how I started to build the Jeep because I started getting free things. Yeah. Um, and you know, with being young, I, I didn't have a ton of money. I had some jobs. I, I worked construction one summer. I worked in a warehouse another summer. So I had the little money that I was making, but not enough to build it to the level that I did. Right. And so through the company, I was able to start getting these free parts. And with that, I was like, man, I bet I could make money doing this, not just get free stuff. Because, I mean, how many light bars can you get before you're like, I can't put any more on my Jeep, you know? <laughs> well, and, and there's some, some people, people would out argue. there that are like, you know, Star the, Trek. there's you never your Star Trek. Uh, <laughs> there's never too much. No, for real. I mean, there you got some people that just put them everywhere they can fit them on the on the vehicle. And then they just have this rat's nest of wiring yeah. underneath the hood. And they're just like, I don't know why I have problems with my car. It's like, well, I can tell you why. <laughs> well, uh, we were talking but, about that too. And you're kind of a different person because you are in this industry. Yeah. But we we both agree there's some beauty to these cars and the simplicity Absolutely. that there is to a lot Absolutely. of them now when you want to start 
building and creating and making it your own that's one thing for sure but you're also kind of an old soul in that yeah you can appreciate an old vehicle yep. you can appreciate what it took to make it and build it yep. and there's some integrity to there that you don't necessarily yeah. want to mess with in a lot of ways absolutely yeah. overkill is not always the best route you know but and are you're fairly honest if somebody were to say oh yep. i want to do this like if somebody brought you you know a classic corvette or something yep. it's like oh i just want to tear it all up and do this it would hurt a little bit. Would it? Would <laughs> it you, would. Would you I tell mean, them it just that? depends. I mean, you got Resto Mod. You got so many directions that you can go with these things nowadays. It, yes. At the end of the day, whatever the person wants, as long as it's not going to hurt their vehicle or be mm -hmm. extremely overcomplicated to where we can't do it, I mean, we're going to do it for them. Right. Um, but I agree with you. I mean, there definitely is beauty and simplicity, and you got to respect the classics. And Yes. But if someone wants overkill, I mean, we're going to give them overkill. I agree. You um, wouldn't let me wrap my Forerunner in the Forerunner green. I told him I want I, to do it, and he's like, uh, I advise don't know against about it that. slightly, but I gave you some creative insight as some other potential directions that's to go. True, and so, true. I mean, it's it's a beautiful forerunner. I like it. There's the forerunner, forerunner. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> well, that's uh, that's a really good thing for young entrepreneur that is running his own business. To be honest with people, because you man, have to be, you have to you be, have to be, because there's a lot of people in this world that don't trust salespeople. Yep. And they don't trust them for a reason. Mm -hmm. And whether it's like me in real estate or, or you running this business, man, the honesty is going to go so much further for people. It's worked for us. It's worked and, for and you. And honestly, the automotive industry has a really bad reputation for people not trusting whether it's automotive It's right there with real estate, service. man. <laughs> it's, you know, a lot of times it's just because a lot of people that bring their vehicles in don't know a whole lot about yes. the vehicle itself, you know, I, the technical aspects I don't. of it, right? You could tell me I need this, that, and another, and I would just instantaneously be like okay and shops do it they do it every day every single lot. day and we have customers that come in and we'll suggest them something and they think that we're doing it too and then we will take the time to actually explain to them or show them yes you know hey this is why you need this and this is why we suggest doing this um i mean i'm all about making money i mean it's a business we have right. to make money to grow and survive but at the same time you know like you said being honest and being transparent and communicating with the customer and, and just being uh, doing business the right way in my opinion yep. is going to get those customers to come back and it's going to get them to tell other people about it and that's why we've been growing the way we have you know there's not some yes. secret you know sauce to this whole thing i mean i guess there is it's just being honest and, and doing the right thing and being transparent but um a it's, lot a, of, a, lot it's a shame don't. that that's a secret a lot of places don't though because it's so easy you know it's just <laughs> yeah. so easy to do it's that, free so. to be honest mm -hmm. it's free to tell the mm -hmm. truth and what you do and that you pride yourself on you were telling me is that you coach your people you coach your sales staff and you coach your clients too on what it is that they want to do whether like whether it's andrew wanting to wrap his yep. forerunner or something you're like you know you could do that or you could go this route too yep. because because at the end of the day as long as they're happy i guess that's all that really matters but you also need to make sure that you're yep. doing your job and keeping them satisfied yeah. i mean we've got two different types I mean, like a customer walks in knowing exactly what they want they know how oh, much yeah. money they want to spend and this is it's this or nothing, right? And mm -hmm. so we'll do that. Um, and other times you have customers that come in saying, hey, I've got this budget. Here's kind of what I want to do, but I'm totally open to your suggestion. You know, mm -hmm. What do you guys recommend? You know, what are my options? And uh, and then at that point, we'll definitely go, you know, dive in with them. But yeah, um, but yeah we, we do the whole thing. But jumping back so people also understand the business as well. So that social media page where I was promoting parts and stuff on, that grew into actually starting the business because I realized there was a way to make money by doing what right. I was doing. Um, and so I was... I, so it was called social media marketing at the time mm -hmm. and then 
that expanded into getting a business license because I was like, I could sell these companies products if I got a, you know, if I got, became a dealer with them. Right. So I had to have a dealer, uh, um, a business license and I had to have a resale certificate and sales tax number and everything. So once I structured all that and I went back to these businesses and said, Hey, I've got all the, you know, the legal information that you guys require. Can I sell your products? So then I built my own website, my first website. And you built it. I built it. Yeah. And my, yeah. And I think there's a photo you can pull up um, in my look. bedroom um, back at my parents' place back in 2015. I had like two computers. My brother actually built the computers for me. Um, That's so neat. I couldn't do scratch. anything like that. That's is so this cool. the bedroom? Uh, nope. Um, let's see. There it is. There it is. There it is. Let's so, pull this up. Pull this up. Um, so yeah, was, that was actually when I was building my first website. And after I think you look a year six two, years old. I yeah. I used to deepen my voice when I would call businesses. <laughs> So they would think I was older. Like I still do that. <laughs> when I call, call people, when I there. call people asking if they want to sell their house. I'm like, Hey, this is Jonathan. I'm a real estate agent. I really had to do it though. I mean, back when I was oh, 17, yeah. I mean, I, I you really had to, had you to had to, do to it. walk the walk. Yeah. Because people are thinking the 17 year old. They didn't kid. have a face, you know, to go off of or anything yet. Yeah. They didn't have that. They just had a business, you know, name and whoever they're talking to. So they would call and say, Hey, this is Robert Bowden. How are you doing today? You know, just <laughs> try my best. But, um, but yeah, built That's the website, hilarious. started putting products on there. I think we ended up getting to like, you know, 8,000, 10,000 products. We got it pretty big. Um, and, and that's how it grew. So I had the website. So I was doing drop shipping. So a customer anywhere in the country, lower 48 states could go to my website, order a part. I would then place the order with the manufacturer. They would ship it straight to your house. And then I would you know, be able to keep a, a percentage of that that I was back. So anywhere from like 10 to 20%, you know, just depending wow. um, on what it was. And so it was relatively easy. I mean, all I needed was my, my cell phone, you know, to, mm -hmm. to do the orders. And that's that whole drop shipping business. That's what that is. So I was able to do that while I was in high school, um, finishing up school and getting ready to graduate and figure out where I was going to go to college. And mm -hmm. I was also working on my friend's vehicles and stuff at the time. And it, it pretty much stayed to friend's vehicles, but there were so many kids in Georgia. Georgia, you know, yeah. in Atlanta that had trucks and Jeeps and foreigners yeah. and stuff that I was, I was always busy. My parents, I think at one point were like, Hey, we, you got to dial this back because there was like eight cars parked out front of our house one day. <laughs> some were in pieces, some weren't in pieces. There yeah. was just stuff everywhere. And they were like, Hey, we totally support this, but you need to start scheduling these vehicles out. You know, you can't have them all just drop here at the same time. Yeah. Um, and our neighbors were super understanding and super nice. You know, they never complained about anything, even if we were welding at two in the morning and lighting up the whole neighborhood. Yeah. Um, or grinding and I was try I tried all my best to always be respectful you know mm -hmm. I wasn't just doing stuff at late in the night that would upset anybody but right um, at the you same had to time, work I was trying to build this business yeah. up and um, and then I, I got into WKU and mm -hmm. um, decided to come up here and my plan actually was to come to WKU um, join a fraternity study entrepreneurship get a degree and then figure out what was next yeah and uh, my dad he was in a fraternity as well he was in Lambda Chi Alpha um, I was in Lambda Chi Alpha as well when I came here, but my first semester when I signed up for Rush, I actually wasn't able to rush. I wasn't eligible to rush because my GPA was too low by 0 0.01. And they Good wouldn't, Lord. they wouldn't let me rush. And I sat down with the uh, IFC and asked them, Hey, you know, what, what can I do to get through here? And they said, Hey, this is our policy. Your GPAs, you know, after it was recalculated from your high school, it's just too low. We can't allow you to rush. And I fought it and fought it, and they just said no. And eventually, I mean, you just there's nothing you can do, right? Right. And um, at the time, you know, I'm an out-of-state kid. I'm from Atlanta. My plan was to come to WKU, join a fraternity, make friends, study, you know, entrepreneurship, and you know, go from there. Now I'm still a kid from Atlanta. Yep. Don't know anybody. Now I can't rush my first semester. Had no idea what I wanted to do. Um, at that point, I was kind of sitting on my nobody. hands, didn't know anybody, right? Um, and so I was like, well, I got to figure out something to do. I was a swimmer in high school. WKU mm -hmm. didn't have a swim team at the time. Um, 
Swims. That's right. They yeah. disbanded the swim yep, team. They got rid of the swim team and everything. I, and totally so, I used to go to swim parties. Probably shouldn't talk about that yeah, on here. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah, you, um, definitely, you definitely should. No, I definitely should. We don't need to get into that right now. But um, Do not. So <laughs> those. We're going to move on to the next topic. Um, so I ended up joining the dodgeball team. Real badass. Dude, we have friends on the dodgeball team. I know. I never told you that. Were you on the dodgeball team? Andrew was... You were Mr. Dodgeball. He was Mr. Dodgeball. No way. Him and, no and uh, Raymer. I'm you about had- to break your heart. I'm about to break your heart with what I'm about to say. He hated oh it. No, I broke my thumb in the first game. Oh, man. Done. Done. What year did, was your first year? 2017. Yeah, I definitely. Went but no, that. we were older. But like you and Raymer, you and Raymer basically started the dodgeball team, yeah. didn't you? No. So Josh Raymer. <laughs> so yeah, Josh Raymer was a god, grandfather, godfather yeah. of collegiate dodgeball. So this is okay. club dodgeball, right? Yep. He was a part of the founding group, right? And WKU when it first started for maybe the first six years, well, maybe ten years of the NCDA's existence was a huge player in that right yeah and that's when my class came through so i mean we were traveling all across the well east of the mississippi everywhere playing playing and that's so that? funny <laughs> so anyway, i can't believe you played dodgeball that yeah well he played crazy. one game and i was a starter too which is oh. very impressive who was the who was the so, captain when you were in there i would have to go back and look i'm bad with names Nick sometimes it might have been Hunter. Nick. Might have been. I don't even know I these. Think it might have been Nick. I he remember you and you and Ray. Whoever it was was a beast. I mean, these guys were killer. And I they, they let me start, and uh, I was killing it. It was the first game. It was like a second or third game at UK up in Lexington, and um, I think it was the last guy left. And it was like me versus like one or two of the other guys, and they were pretty confident that I was going to smoke them because I was doing really well. Jumped up to dodge a ball, landed, and put my hand down first, and it just oh. snapped back. And I like stood up, looked at my thumb. My thumb's hanging down. It was something tore. It was just all messed up. And then I just get like, oh, boom, man. boom, just nailed by a ball. And they're like, <laughs> what are you doing? And I like just held my thumb up and they're all looking at it. And I just have one like, oh God, you know, <laughs> and all of it just swells up. And then I was like, that's it. So now, now your career in mind, dodgeball's over. Dodgeball career's over, but now keep this in mind, right? So still, you know, kid from Atlanta, I don't know anybody, can't rush, join a club. Now I'm not even a part of the club because I just broke my thumb. Oh my God. So it's like, like, what's, you know, what the heck? There's all these things that just keep happening. I'm sitting here like, man, I'm, I'm probably going to even, I'm probably going to leave this school after this semester. You, <laughs> you know, had this, no this good stinks. luck. And so a buddy of mine, um, he was up from, he was at from Le- Louisville, I believe. And uh, he was, we were talking one day and I was just like, man, I got nothing to do. You're my only friend here, you know? And he's like, well, why don't you just keep working on with your business? Mm-hmm. And I was like, eh, you know, I, I just, it's just a lot. And I don't really plan on continuing that here. Like I've got other things I want to do. And he's like, like what, you know, like, right. get your degree. And I was like, I know. Anyways, he, he pushed me into pursuing the company. Um, and it's funny because now I look back on it, you know, I look back on coming from Atlanta, not knowing anybody, not being able to join the fraternity, try to join the club. Didn't, that didn't work out. It's like this divine intervention pushing me in a direction yeah. to, you know, pursue the company. And um, so I did, and I was running the business out of the dorm. I think you have a photo of that as well. Let me look. Um, the, the photo, there's a photo of my dorm room with some clothing racks in it because we were selling yes. merchandise at the time, and I was selling the merchandise out of my dorm room at WKU, um, which I know is probably against the policies. There was one of my friends there at the time. She was helping me I mean, look organize stuff. I think I was doing inventory that day, and she came over and was helping me do it. America. Doing some stuff with that. Yeah, big old American flag. And, um, that and is so, so cool. I was selling merchandise out of the dorm room and I think RA was coming around and like, Hey, you know, you can't be doing this stuff here. And I think I paid him off to not write me up. Are you kidding? 
Yeah. Do you are you yeah. allowed to tell us which dorm you were in? No, I probably keep it keep it low key. Okay. I think Swanson knows. I think you know which dorm I was in. It was towards the bottom of the hill. And oh, okay. I, wasn't I think I had doing my anything thoughts. bad. I think it was more or less just like a fire hazard. Like you got too much stuff in the Oh, way. for sure. And so cuz I had like three racks worth of clothes in there and I was like, man, if you just keep this low key, I'm selling t-shirts all right like come on dude and yeah. uh there's so, a lot of other bad things being sold out of here too there's a lot <laughs> not necessarily your room <laughs> i'm on the on the better end of the spectrum for that i guess but um so at, the, at that time i was starting to study entrepreneurship at western and one of the professors was like hey you should check out the student business accelerator inside of the research development center here in bowling green which is where we're at right now and there is a student space in there that's just if you're a student of wku you have a business or business idea you're more than welcome to use a space and so i ended up going there and operating my business out of that for a little while and within the center for research and development is the small business accelerator which is similar but different than the student business accelerator the small business accelerator you can actually lease your own office space, which is what we're doing here right now. Right. Um, and so I presented a business plan to Jeff Hook and showed oh, him all my Jeff business documents. Oh, okay. Yep. And he approved everything, and, and we ended up leasing this office space. What's the office number? Is it 105 here? 105. 105? Yeah, oh, gee. This was, yeah, That's this right. was it. And this is crazy because the place that we're in right now, what I can see behind the camera, I mean, this was it. It's weird. You guys have done this up way cooler than we had it. Um, I've got a photo, I think, in here. Uh, of our office, of this office, the way we had it set up. Mm-hmm. But I moved everything into here. And so are you able to pull up one of those as well? Here's actually, I think this is your storage at the Small Business this is, Yeah, that's the storage one. Yeah, that comes up next. Um, so let's. This is where he was storing. Office. There's an actual office photo. Three, three. The one we showed at the start. Come on, Jonathan. It might have been one of the first ones. There's... No, well that one, but there's another photo of like desk set up. Keep going. Oh, yeah. Well, there's Not first employees. Sorry, guys. You're good. Um, There it is. Yep. I might have one more photo somewhere in there, but that was... Look at that. Yeah. We're a little dumbed down. I think they let us use their desks and their chairs, and we didn't have any money at the time. And so we were operating out of here and uh, hired my first few employees, which I think you pulled up a photo of that a minute ago as well. And so that's how things really started out here in Bowling Green. How did you find these guys that were going to start working for you? They were my fraternity. That you didn't even get in? That, that I you ended eventually up getting, getting in. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. I ended wow. up I ended up working hard that first semester, got good grades, and then I was eligible to rush. I ended up rushing. My dad was a Lambda Chi, so I was a legacy. And I had a few different right. options, but I decided to go with them. They just fit me the you know the best or yeah. fit their model the best. And um and through the fraternity I met those guys. Were they and, car um, people? Or did they have to um, learn yes, this? To a degree, yeah. Yeah, both. Um both were. Um one of them currently is our general manager Hunter. He was, you know, full on car guy. Yeah. And then uh one of the other guys that was with us for a little bit of time, now he's traveling internationally and living his life and doing some cool things. He was our finance guy and he yep. always had an interest in cars, um, but he had a finance degree and whatnot, so it worked out well. So the three of us really got things going here in Bowling Green and um, you know, obviously I I would consider myself, you know, the visionary of the whole thing. You know, it's I've always pictured different things in my head, and then these guys have been, you know, extremely crucial in helping bring that into fruition and making this thing real. That's funny that you say that because when, when before we had started, we were just talking about like these screens that you see behind us, and and both you and I yep. were like, man, we're not very. I don't think I'm a very visionary person. Yep. Like Chris and Andrew can see something and make it happen. They yep. can. Who? Booba. Sorry. Jeez. I'm sorry. Who's this Chris guy? Yeah, who's Chris? I only know a booba. Yeah, right, like a booba and Swanson. The federal government uses Chris. That's it. <laughs> oh, God. Okay. Well, anyways. <laughs> so, so booba and Andrew have always been these visionaries yeah. that can just think of something and make it happen and create yeah. it. 
and I don't believe myself to be that. Yeah. And you said you don't believe yourself to be that. But, man, look what you've done. No, I, I definitely do. It um, may not be on a green screen. I guess screen. when I say visionary, I, mean, I don't know. I, th- I think sometimes it sounds kind of weird when you're like, I'm a visionary. You know? it, well, you are. But I definitely can see the vision in my head. I can plan everything out and move all the pieces in my head. And then after I see it all in my head first, then I can just make certain movements and make things happen in real life. And with, yeah. with obviously, the supporting guys, you know, being yeah. part of this thing. and. Um, so they have been, and we've grown this. And you know, while we were in here, we really were figuring out, you know, what's the market here in Southern Kentucky? You know, mm-hmm. who who else is out here? You know, who would we compete with? Um, and we just continued to manifest it all and just keep pushing it. And that one photo you had of the truck was actually a storage unit that the accelerator had um, that we were building a show truck in. That is ended this up, the truck? This is the truck that was in my parents' garage. That was I was home for a little while working on something. Um, I think it was over Christmas or something like that. I was pull this one up for them. me, Booba. Back in the back in the parents' garage, um, I think I was home for like Christmas and I was doing something under the hood one day. My mom snapped that picture, but the other photo you have in the storage unit was here at the accelerator, and that was where we were building our show truck that went to the SEMA show. Yeah, that's the photo right there. So we built a SEMA truck, and let me explain what SEMA is. SEMA is like the Specialty Equipment and Manufacturing Association. They have a show in Las Vegas. I believe it's the second largest show that is put on in Las Vegas every year besides the Consumer Electronics Show. I could be wrong on that, but the last time I read something, that's what it said. Let's just say you're wrong, and it's top five. It's, it's still Vegas, it's and that's one, huge. huge. And it's the most like elite, exclusive, custom automotive expo in the world. Wow. Right? And so companies will go there, and they you know, will be able to feature vehicles in their booths or out in different lots and whatnot. Anyways, we were able to set up some sponsorship through Holly that put us in contact with a company out in Utah, Edge uh, Edge Products. They ended up sponsoring the truck and we built this truck and it went out to Vegas to be put on display. But we built that truck because we didn't have a shop yet in Bowling Green, remember? So we were, the accelerator here uh, that we're in right now said, hey, we've got a storage unit you guys could use, you know, just don't destroy it and work around the mess. And so we did. And um, we ended up building the truck. And I think there's a photo of that truck in the desert somewhere of what it ended up looking like when it went out to Las Vegas. And we had a photo shoot in the desert. There it is right there. It was in Diesel World magazine. Um, and uh, it turned out it turned out incredibly killer. I mean, we work with a couple different people here in town on, in various ways. That's crazy. Um, to reach the final goal. But it was, uh, it was pretty cool. And when we built that truck, that truck is really what I think got us known in southern kentucky a lot of people recognize the truck more than they recognize the is brand. it still here it's not we sold it about a month ago um Thank and you. we sold it to a guy in oklahoma and um it was funny because for a while people would recognize the truck more than they would recognize the name of the business and now it's funny when people hear the name of the business they ask oh is that you know is that the, is truck? That the truck that y'all had yeah. for a while and it was and so that really helped people understand like what we did what we were capable of doing it, our legitimacy. I think this um, is also another image yep, of it. That's another image. That was actually the back parking lot of the accelerator here, out back. Oh, yep, that right photo there. was taken. Yeah, Daily News did a did an article on that. Um, and so this is just you three. three of, just three of us. Yeah, and we all, like I said, we had we had extra hands in building the truck over the over the few months that we built it. But that they, these are the th- only get three guys on payroll at the time when we built this thing. Um, I wasn't on payroll at the time, so I guess Hunter and Andrew were. But um, that's, but yeah, that's what we built, and that's what really helped get some credibility in town, be able to take us seriously and say, okay, these guys actually are doing something. Right. And then from there, we ex- you know, continue to accelerate. Uh, we opened our first shop over at the NCM Motorsports Park. They have bays that they lease out um, to people to keep their vehicles in or work on their cars and then use at the track. 
and I you know, had a relationship with the general manager there, and he was like, you know, you guys are welcome to you know, operate your business out of here. You, you know, pay rent and follow the rules like everybody else. Of course. Um, and we had to operate the business within the hours of NCM as well. So, so um, you couldn't if it, there was no more working at midnight. Exactly. Yeah. Wow. So we had to we had to operate, um, you know, within their within their you know, restriction you know restrictions I guess, and we had insurance and so we had this little shop and we just started to get things going. Um, we were you know we had the I think we had like the cheapest hourly rate in town and yeah. we were doing decent work and we weren't getting anything crazy, but we got enough in to see potential. Right. And this is kind of comes back to that whole visionary thing of. All I needed to see was there was potential. Yeah. And then I could connect the dots. It's kind of like an athlete. Like a lot of times they say like great basketball players, if they're kind of in a slump or something, they need one shot to go in. Yep. And if they see that one shot, that Fires net, if that net moves that yep. one time, it's just a shot of adrenaline almost. Yeah. Just, yeah. Like, it's it feels just fire. Yeah. No, that's exactly and what And so happened. that's what happened to you. You yep. got that chance. This guy said, I believe in you. Let's see yep. what you can do. It really was. And I then mean, you got, it may not have been the million dollar job, yeah. but there were a lot of jobs that it was like, okay, now we have something here we can exactly. run with. Yeah. Enough to that's tell enough. if it works or not. And you're right. I mean, we had you know, a gentleman here in town that took a chance on us and gave us the opportunity to even open up that little shop. Because at the time, I mean, we were all in our early twenties, like 20 years old. Early 20. Listen 22. to him. Early twenties. He's yeah, 23. When I was young. Uh, yeah, I know. I know. I've got old. Right, you're soul. 23 right now. I'm 23 right now. I know, and I had back surgery. I feel like a failure. I know. I'm sorry, this guys. kid's awesome. He said, "Oh, and I had back surgery." Yeah, I'm. It a takes beast. a toll on you. What a beast! I know. Well, that's when I when I went over there and talked to him, and Swanson was like, "Oh, you got to talk to this guy. He'd be great." And I talked to to Robert, and I was like, "How old are you? 23. Get out of here." Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, I was like, uh, <laughs> "Excuse me, what?" I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Oh, I've, I've got a, I've got a whole piece on that. I would love to talk about later. Um, That's fine. Later in the show, just the whole age thing. I think it's cool. Well, uh, well, you know what? Let's get to that because yeah. I think there there are some people in this room that get that uh, we were young, we were hungry, we were driven, but we weren't always taken very seriously because we were so young. No, absolutely. Don't you think? Still deal with yeah. it. I don't I, think I don't think age matters. I think dues paid matter. Because you started when you were, what, 13, 14? Yeah. I mean, I, yep. we didn't even tell, talk about any of the stories from pre-business, but yeah. I was 17 when I started the business, but I was hustling. Yeah, since you were I hustling. Was young, young. So young, ten, young. at 23, you're 10 years in. That's true. Yeah, so That's like true. age is not a thing. I agree like, with that. But it is to the public. We didn't start Forerunner until I'd been out freelancing for 10 years. But don't you think to the public it does? To Joe Schmo in the street, I, I totally think it yeah. does. Yeah, we yeah, still no, deal with to, it. To the public, it's perception. Absolutely. But, totally is. You know, and that puts you behind the eight ball in a lot of ways. Yeah. But when they see the quality of work you're doing, That's when they hear talk. when they hear that you're doing a good job, and then I know I hate to harp on this because I think it's cliche. Yep. But word of mouth is huge. Seventy five percent of our business comes from word of mouth. Thank we you. Keep track of the analytics. And people yeah. don't understand, oh yeah, pay Facebook, pay this, pay that, pay the, all right, do it. it but helps, you better make but. sure that you're doing a good job. Yep. Because people are going to talk about you. And Absolutely. you want to make sure what they're talking about is good. Our best salespeople are our customers. That's amazing. In, in a town like ours, like yes. Bowling Green, word of mouth is huge. Huge. Because no all, doubt. everyone knows each other. And it's like, if you don't do a good job, and like you went back to, if people don't trust you, then it's like, well, they're not going to work with you. Well, you I know agree. what they say, right? You do good work for somebody, they'll tell 10 people. If you do bad work for somebody, they'll tell 100, you know? Yeah. And that's that's true, you know. And, and like I said a second ago, our our best salespeople are our customers. 
because I could tell a random person that walks in the door every day, hey, you know, here's what we can do. You know, we're good at what we do. Here's our prices. But you're going to only trust me so much. But if my best friend came to me and told me, hey, you know, the Spartan Garage, man, they do great work. Their prices are awesome. You know, they communicate well, all these things. You're going to trust your friend 10 times more than you're going to trust some guy that's just a salesperson working for that company, right? And so that, I think it so. starts with their customers. And we've always, you know, live by, live by that philosophy. And it's that's been great. working great for us. And you're right. I mean, we keep track of the analytics. It was like 76, 78, 7% word of mouth is how we get new business. And so next, that tells me yep. that when you are legitimately taking care of your clients, yep. you're, you're feeding yourself, you're feeding your you business to. by taking care of you your clients. And, and this, in the automotive industry too, I mean, the amount of customers we get on a weekly basis that call and say, I called this other shop and they treated me bad or yes. acted like they didn't have time for me. And even if you're busy, right? Even if you're scheduled out a week or two weeks, still treat that person like a human being mm -hmm. and treat them like they're the most important thing that you have to do at that time. And they will be understanding of your scheduling, you know, and, and say, okay, I got to wait two weeks. I got to wait two weeks. But mm -hmm. it starts with that first interaction versus you just call in and say, yeah, we can't get to you. Sorry. And then, you know, hang up. I, and then they, I, people take that personally. I mean, they take it personally. I'd rather wait two weeks for great. Let's say we're at a restaurant. Yeah. I'd rather wait 10 minutes for my drink and have a fantastic server mm. then have somebody that brings me a drink promptly yep. and then forgets about me and I treats agree. me like crap. I agree with that. If my, if my server comes up and is like apologetic, oh, I'm so sorry, you know, we're swamped tonight. I'm going to get your drinks. I got an appetizer coming. It's on me. Yep. Something like that. Do go that, go that little bit of extra mile Absolutely. for somebody, make them feel special because yep. it may not be the most important thing to you, but maybe it's the impor most important thing to them. And it's not even hard. It's not no, hard. It's free to be kind. You just, you just don't have to be lazy. You know? Exactly. You don't have to be lazy. And go ahead. I, I got to interject. For, I, so I want to. I want to ask you a question. Yeah. I mean, you're both business people. You deal yeah. with clients. So I feel like, like you're talking about, you all go the extra mile. What What about when you get a client that is taking advantage of you going the extra mile? How do you deal with that? Because I feel like oh, that's yeah, a lesson happens. on how to deal with that conflict. I have my Gosh. opinions. I don't know. First, give me a second to think about this. Okay. I don't want to so offend anybody. The <laughs> I, know what you mean, yeah. I, I, I don't think what I'm going to say is going to be offensive, but I think that if somebody's taking advantage of it, um, you have to assert yourself at a certain point. When you're young and you're starting out, you kind of just got to let it happen for a little bit Absolutely. because you can't afford to to not yep. when you're putting groceries and stuff on credit you you got to get every yeah. dollar you can yeah but man i'm at a point in my life now and i think i said it with harrison last week when you're giving somebody a hundred percent and they're giving you 50 mm -hmm. I, I don't really have time for that anymore now i will do everything i can to get you to match my energy mm -hmm. and, and match my commitment level to you but at some point, you you either got to cut them loose or you got to have that come to Jesus meeting. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. And I think that if that also sets a precedent for your business, yeah. and if you do that, it's gonna it's gonna be better for you in the long run. I agree with all of that. Okay, I, I, I don't think what I'm saying yeah. is offensive. And I think most people in the public, even if they're the ones taking advantage of people, they wouldn't want to be taken advantage of at their job either, yeah. and they Very know true. that. They yep. know that, and I think that it's uh, I think that it's a a fairly common practice to take advantage of people. But I I also don't think that people I don't think that a lot of people know that they're doing it in a lot of ways. Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say ignorance is a lot of it. Yeah, big time. Yeah, 
Fair enough. Well, what I mean, what do you see in your business? Because most of the time, people come into your business thinking mm -hmm. you're taking advantage of them. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like we said earlier, we really, I mean, to be honest, we really only see that happening from like people who are spending a lot of money. I'm not talking about you know five thousand dollars. I'm talking like twenty thousand plus dollars yeah. on one vehicle, right? And they have the expectation of, hey, I'm spending all this money. Everything has to be perfect. You have to tailor everything to me. Everything needs to be fast. If I call you, you know, at night you're going to answer. You know, and yes, I mean, to a degree, yes. I mean, you're spending that much money. We're gonna, it's gonna be a white glove. I mean, we're gonna take care of it, and we owe you a certain level, you know, of work and this experience because you're spending that much money. Um, but there is also those times when the customer comes in and says, okay, I spent this much money with you in the past. I know you're scheduled out for two weeks, but you need to get to me right now. And you, like you say, it's up, at some point, you know, you have to do that to, to a point, mm -hmm. but then at some point you also have to have a mature conversation. Say, Hey man, you know, here's, here's where we're at. I know you're one of our you know, highest spending clients, whatever, and we want to take care of you and we will take care of you, but here's the soonest I can get you in, or here's the best exactly. I can do. And if that person is not willing to understand or like you said, you know, just pure ignorance at times, um, then that's, that's just on them and you can only do so much, but yep. having that mature, cause the worst thing you can do is tell someone, Hey, I'm going to do something and you don't do it. Yeah. And then they, that gets them way more upset. You know, people can deal with no a lot better if you just tell them no versus telling them yes, yes and it ends up being no and you never told them no in the first place if that makes exactly. sense no it makes perfect um, sense to me and it's 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 tough it doesn't happen all the time and i'm not calling out any of our you know specific customers by any means um but we have dealt with it in the past and um it's just it's just a part of business i mean if you if you're not willing to deal with that or you're afraid to deal with that you don't need to be in business because it happens right. you know it happens i try and treat every single client whether they're buying a million dollar home or a hundred thousand dollar home yep. i try and keep treat them that's the same a that's a because big one. At the end of the day, the person buying the $100,000 home, that is their million-dollar home. And the I person agree. buying a million-dollar home, maybe that's an investment like a $100,000 yep. home. You know what I'm saying? Yep. So I don't know everybody's story. I don't know everybody's situation. But I do know at the end, people are going to remember how you made them feel. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And that's really important. Yep. They don't remember what you said. It's how you said it, right? Yeah. I yes. Mean, to a degree. That's something I've heard as well. But, yeah, I totally agree. Because I remember being when, when I was young and when I was in this industry, I would go to a shop and spend 500 bucks. And there right. was one shop um, close to my house with some guys. There's a photo of it, actually, um, of a couple of guys that, man, they always treated me great. It, it didn't matter if I was coming in. I was spending 400 bucks. Yeah, right there. These guys? Uh-huh. And, um, you know, these guys really helped me get my start back in Atlanta. Um, it was a small shop close to my house and they treated me so good. And I learned a lot of what I knew to start my business here from them. And, um, it didn't matter if I was coming in to spend a hundred bucks because mm -hmm. it, it took me X amount of time to earn that hundred bucks that it could have been for another customer. It took them the same amount of time, but they earned $10,000, yes. right? And so to me, that was my equivalent to spending that customer's $10,000. For sure. And so they treated me the same and I learned a lot from that. And so I continued to do the same thing with my business because that's one thing, especially with younger folks, uh, when they come in, they obviously don't have as much money as some people that have, you know, are older, or have a higher paying job, have more money they've saved up over time. Um, and we treat them the same and they recognize that. For and sure. you know what, they go out and they go tell 10, 15 people. And so sure, we might've only made 45 bucks from that one customer, but we made $15,000 over That's a big difference. 20 customers that that one person brought to us. Mm -hmm. And if I was- And you, know, you got a lifetime customer. And yeah, and then they're loyal too. People are loyal, especially in a city like this. I mean, people are 
creatures of habits here. I mean, yes. they love the places they go. They like doing business with the people they like doing business. So it's hard to pull them away from other places and you get one shot, you know, you mm-hmm. really do. And if you, you know, you do it right and you're, like I said, honest and loyal and you're, you're transparent with them, you got a good chance of, you know, having that return business. So I agree. I agree a hundred percent on that. That's all good stuff. But that, that shop at NCM, so that photo that you have there, um, that was the next one. So that one gentleman at NCM took a, took a chance on us. We opened up that small shop and that's where I saw the potential and mm-hmm. I kind of had the vision for, okay, we can go bigger. This is going to be a lot more to do this, but in order for us to see what the true potential is here mm-hmm. and to get to our, you know, be all end all goal to a degree, uh, we need to go somewhere that customers can drive up and access, uh, access us at any time. You know, we have a parking lot, we have our own showroom, we have all this stuff because that last shop at NCM, it was just a shop. We still had the office here at the accelerator. So oh, we had, wow. to, yeah, we had to drive like 20 minutes across town. So I would get up at like 5 a.m. Yeah. I would go to the shop. I would work on a customer's vehicle. Then I would go to class. And then I would come to back to the office to do any sort of sales stuff during the day or talk to companies, order parts, whatever. Then we would go back to the shop, work on the vehicles. And then, you know, if a customer would pick up their vehicle at the end of the day, whatever. And then I would come back to the office again and do like any bookkeeping stuff, any financial stuff at the end of the day. So I was doing everything. And you still and weren't on payroll. Still wasn't you on You only payroll. had two guys with you yep. that were on your payroll. Yep. And so they were all doing stuff to me. We were, we were delegating amongst the three of us, but we were all just pinballing. You know, one guy was in class, one guy wasn't in class. We were trying to do our best, and um, it was just a lot. So that's why going from NCM to the Chester Court location that we're at now was such a big leap, and that's why we've grown so much because we went from somewhere where we were – the logistics of it was – atrocious yeah. and the accessibility for customers was almost non-existent mm-hmm. we weren't on the map by any means to now we have a place where we have a showroom we have our offices we have a shop all in one place customers can drive up and park their car and come in you know during our business hours mm-hmm. it's accessible at any time of the day and so once we moved to there you know that's when things really started to explode that we were talking about a little bit yesterday yeah and you are at western at the moment at, yep. at, at this point in time yep. you're at western probably at this point i was a Two years in, a year and a half, two years in. And that was about all you spent there. About two and, and a half years, yeah. Two and half, yeah. I was the same way. I, I ended up, I ended up leaving school, and uh, so you left Western. Yep. Did you leave with the plan? It's make or break. To or, a degree. There, or did you a lot, leave? A lot investing, a lot tied up in the business. Or did you leave thinking I can come back? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I mean. Because a lot of, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll travel. Yeah. Oh, I'll go do this. I don't know. But I'll get back to school. They never, yeah. they never No, I mean, I would, I would never lie to myself. I mean, I told myself, okay, I'm going to go put 110% into this. I'm going to, I'm going to go dive into the shallow end head first. That's, don't ex- in, that's a bad idea. Don't do that. But I did that. That's what and, I did. Don't do that. We and, do not condone shallow diving. <laughs> Don't when you're that. talking about business, all right, public service announcement. Let me speaking. look. Let me look right in the camera. When you're talking about business, and you're diving first, head first, shallow end, I say do it because you're never going to have more energy. I was talking about physically diving. Yeah, I, my yeah, mom was a diving coach, like a diving board diving coach. So I was just like, oh, this is a liability. We can't. Yeah. No, don't say that. But <laughs> no, I agree in the business aspect because that's that's how you're going to find out if it's going to work or not. I mean, if you're a real entrepreneur, if you Absolutely. really believe in what you're doing, you got to do it. You know? And if you go in with that fear and that that you know that you can't have one foot in one foot out no no no, no no because then you're going to be so reserved failure. on everything you every can't. choice that you make 
You can't. So I think what you did was the right decision. I did. And I did have the backup plan was going back to finish my degree. And right. it still could be. You know, I still got time. I'm Down 23. You know, if I still, I've got a there year it and is a half. Again. I got a year and a half left. If I, if I want to go back, yeah. I can. Um, but I had, you know, professors. There was the dean of the business school at the time. I mean, I had a, I a handful of people at the university advising me, hey, go pursue your business. If yep. it doesn't work out, we'll still be here. But they said, this has got a lot of potential. And I, I was telling myself that. Mm-hmm. But I needed to hear that from someone else outside of myself and my family. And my family was very supportive as well. Right. It, it was tough. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. I mean, everyone oh, yeah. in my family has gone to college. Um, and so it was tough. Um, half of them were like, you know, pursue the business. The other half was you should finish your degree. Yeah. Maybe do both. Um, but it, hearing folks at the university, the, the university, you know, telling me, hey, go go pursue this business and yeah. if it doesn't work out come back that was kind of like okay i'm gonna do it and so i did <laughs> so take let's take your your dad and your grandfather out of the equation because you yep. said that those were kind of already mentors in a way yeah, for sure. and then who else would you kind of throw you know a lot of love to and say thanks for yeah. believing in me i mean obviously you know, family first and foremost i mean that's, that's the infrastructure um you yep. get past them um, you know, mentors, like I said, some of those guys at the shop, you know, shout out Brandon and Taylor and Steven, you know, those guys at that shop back in Atlanta, they helped me a lot. Those guys were mentors early on. Y'all still in contact? Um, yeah. Yeah. Got That's so more. cool. Still yep. Pretty cool. We're all doing different stuff, but, um, still similar industries and other mm-hmm. things, but, um, yeah, we're still in touch. And then, um, some of the staff here at WKU, serious mentors from WKU, big shout out to the university and their staff as well. And it takes a I've lot got a list of names to throw out, but, um, yeah. but yeah, a lot of people at the staff and then, um, sorry, at WKU and then people here in town, I met some fantastic people at the Bowling Green Chamber of Commerce. There was folks at NCM, folks at Holly. I met a lot of people early on, um, that were behind the scenes that were giving me advice and, you know, encouraging me yeah. to do certain things, putting me in touch with other people like that truck that we built, you know, you can't just register online to put your vehicle in the SEMA show. You have right. to be sponsored or you have to have your own booth. And a 10 by 10 booth, it was like $10,000, $20,000. So there's no way we were going to swing that. Not um, as college kids. No, not a chance. And That's so, a million dollars to a college student. No, it's, it's no, you're right. I mean, it, it really, <laughs> there was no way. There was no way. But Could you imagine having $10,000 cash in college? Oh my God. Gone. Doesn't happen. $10,000 in debt. <laughs> We're not going to get a into lot of that. We'll have that. Um, but so here's a great example of just the mentorees and then the, the networking, right? Because they right. talk about college networking, networking, networking. So I had a had a mentor at WKU that put me in touch with the president of the Chamber of Commerce here in town. He put me in touch with somebody at Holly. The gentleman at Holly put me in touch with somebody uh, at PowerTech, um, which was the parent company or partner, whatever the structure is, to Edge edge products out in utah okay yeah and yeah. that is how we got the sponsor so i had to go up this whole chain you know to eventually get to the right person but if i hadn't had that relationship at wku i wouldn't have gotten to the chamber and so on and so forth um it's like so that divine intervention you mentioned is, earlier it's like it these is. pins kept falling me. yeah you know but i call it paradigm shifting um is that's some, interesting is some weird stuff i think yes there is a level of divine intervention you know there is some stuff working behind the scenes pushing you i totally believe in that um but i also I've always been very calculated. Like, yeah. this, talk, this goes back to the visionary thing. I'm not saying I could see things before they happen, but a lot of times I had a plan in my head mm-hmm. and I knew, okay, if I talk to this guy, he could potentially put me in touch with this guy and then this could potentially happen of it. And so I would paradigm shift per se, mm-hmm. and change my direction a little bit and say, you know, okay, I'm gonna do this instead of doing that purposefully. And by shifting, right. you know, in between these, 
it, it, it was changing my plan. You know, if you if you look at my timeline on a piece of paper and I, you know, drew it out, you know, what happened at what date, it almost seems as if too many things have gone in the right direction in a short amount of time, mm -hmm. you know, for it to happen. It, it just wouldn't have just happened on its own randomly, per se. It's yeah, this very deliberate. It couldn't have been a, a super organic thing because there had to be the relationships that you made. It had to be the conversations that you were having. Yeah. But like you said, something just kept happening to make yep. you have those conversations and make you reach out to yep. these specific so people. I think there was a level of it was, you know, that divine intervention portion, something, something pushing me from behind. I think a portion of it was my own personal decisions. Some of it could be, you know, these big paradigm shifts, whatever you want to call it. Um, and, uh, and then things have just, the dominoes have fallen in the right yeah. direction, but not just by chance, right? It's very yeah. deliberate, but, um, but yeah, there's, there's a, there's a ton of mentors out there. Definitely could not have done this by myself. And I think one of the biggest shout outs of all are just the, you know, my guys that work for us. That's awesome. Um, and you, know, you have four guys. Yes. There's, you. there's four guys. We got one guy that would do some subcontracting stuff for media. Um, but there's, there's four guys that are on payroll. I finally just got on payroll. Finally, April 1st yep, after five years. That was not, that wasn't an April fool's joke. No, it wasn't oh, an April man. fool's joke. I was fired up. Um, that's awesome, man. But, uh, it was a good feeling to get my first paycheck and see my name on there and yes. whatnot. I'm, you know, I've been able to live very inexpensively. Like I said, I worked in construction when I was younger. I worked at a vet. I worked in a warehouse. I did a bunch of things to save up money over time. And um, also, while being a student, you know, I was able to live very inexpensively. You guys all know about that. Um, Ramen. Exactly. Oh, God. Yeah. High sodium. Bad yeah. for the body. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but um, so, yeah, getting on payroll is a great feeling. Um, and uh, but it, shout out to the guys. I mean, none of this would be possible. I could sit in my bed and have these dreams. I could do all these things, yep. you know, on my own to a degree. But mm -hmm. without the right supporting staff, without the right team behind you, it's just it's just not going to happen. It's it, just not. And your people are your most important asset. And yes. I always try my best to take care of everybody as you know as best I can. I try to give everyone a fair chance mm -hmm. to to the absolute max and. Um, I do as much as I can on a personal level for them, as well as a professional level to the business. And um, you know, we've we've had some people come, we had some people go. And right, it's just growing pains, and we continue to evolve. And our team changes and grows. You know, this new facility that we're opening on Lovers Lane. You know, we plan on hiring more people. Mm -hmm. So if anyone's looking for a job in you know, automotive <laughs> customization industry, sales or service, um, you know, reach out to us. But um, it's it takes it takes an army it, it really does even in a yeah. small business per se it does it really does yeah sometimes it takes sometimes it seems like it takes more for a small business because of you know a major business has a lot of players yep going on so when you're small everybody has to yep. kind of pick up the extra yep. slack and this is said super loosely someone uh that i knew that was worked for a corporation said at times it is easier to run a big business than it is to run a small business because I could you see can that. make certain you know pull certain levers and handle certain things easily because you have so much, you know, so many more resources, more people mm -hmm. to delegate work out to, and things like that. So I think it's a true statement. What kind of boss are you? Not. You're I not a boss. Consider myself a boss. No. Okay. What do you consider yourself? You know, a leader. I mean, I. That's I, good. I mean, bef literally before I came here this morning, I was uh, sweeping the floor up front while we were having our morning meeting and whatnot. Yep. You know, cleaning. I I, I I clean the toilets for the shop um, for both employees and customers. I do that every month or. I, on a monthly basis, Once I a do. Month. Yeah, no. Uh, He's kidding. He's I clean. Kidding. I clean the toilets of the company. Um, I clean up the shop all the time. I yep. move boxes around. If I need to help in sales, I go help in sales. If I need to help mm -hmm. in the shop, I help in the shop. If I'm, you know, in my office doing paperwork, you know, bookkeeping things like that, I, I do it all. I think it, it's hard. It's hard to work for somebody that just sits in their office and just continues to tell you what you're doing wrong or what's not going right. Yes. On a daily basis, I know, had a boss like that. Or not tough. a boss like that. I had a boss like you. Yeah. I think I mentioned him to you the other day, Stuart Kirby. Yeah. 
My, one of my big jobs growing up was at Brewster's and Stewart was, I, I think the better word, he wasn't a boss. He was a leader yep. and he showed me how to be a good worker. He showed yep. me how to, to also be a leader. Yep. And I think if that's how you are, I, a lot of people, you think a boss and you're like, I don't like yeah. that word. But you have to be it sometimes. I mean, there are yes. times where you have to sit someone down and you're not getting what you need from them or, you know, they're not following certain you know, policies the right way or, you know, working mm -hmm. the way that you need them to do things. And you have to be the, you know, be a boss. But when you're not in sitting in those conversations, having those conversations, then, you know, you need to be a leader, you know, lead from the front, not from Absolutely. behind. So that's how I, that's how I've always been. That's how I intend on being, you know, for the rest of my life. And I think it works. Um, I think so. I, I really think it works. So. so, all right, we are at, you're at Chester Court yep. right now. Yep. And you are now moving to Lover's Lane, yep. got this beautiful facility. Tell us uh, kind of when you plan that to be ready. Yep. And what are some of the what are some of the first few things that you're eager to get done in there yeah so uh as of right now we're completing construction we're expecting to move and open up that facility the beginning of june so we're not too far away not at all um, and you said you had had a, a slight delay we did because that whole ice storm that came through here that's why this thing called COVID-19 you know, impacting a few different things across, yeah. the, across but, the country. But I mean, yeah, put that in perspective, like you're a month delayed yep. with all of that having gone on. Yep. That's still pretty good. I'm, I'm, I'm excited. All yeah. things yeah. considered. All things there's, considered, yeah. There's um, a lot of things that could have gone I'm much worse. With it. That's very true. Um, but yeah, so once we get into that new facility, like I said, we'll have a grand opening. Um, we'll have a lot of our customers' vehicles there that we've built and we'll want to show off. We'll probably have some live music or music playing in general. We'll probably have some food, like a food truck or something. That sounds good. Um, we'll be selling things. We'll, we'll have a lot of cool stuff going on. So if you're in town, if you're in Southern Kentucky, uh, come check that out. It'll be on a Saturday. It'll probably be from like 11 to 3 o'clock or something like that. Pull this up for me, Swanson. I think this is going to be... That what will be, be the finished product to a degree. Yeah, yeah, yeah that'll that'll be very similar. This is a so rendering we photo. Logo. We changed, so we ended up putting the helmet and changing that little box in the front of the building. Yep. We put the helmet there and then we're actually putting like the Spartan garage uh, on the side of the building, be like 22 feet long, be big. Good Lord. Because the acronym TSG, the Spartan garage, the Spartan garage. However you want to say Most people put two and two together, but mm -hmm. a lot of people don't. Yeah. Um, and they'll yeah. just drive past looking for Spartan. They see this TSG thing and don't pay attention to it. Um, so we were like, we need to put the name on the building. How'd you get a Spartan? So when I was in high school, um, you know, the business actually wasn't incorporated under Spartan 4x4, which has now become the Spartan Garage. It was called like um, Off-Road Overkill or something like that. Okay. And I was learning about the 300 Spartans in high school in history class. And I just loved everything about, you know, the, yeah. what they were known for. Um, I know that there's a lot of stuff that they were involved with that was yeah. crazy. But as far as, you know, they were, they were the best of the best, you know, and they were different. And they had um, levels to their ranks and just the whole the whole thing was fantastic and so i was like that that merges really well with the automotive world especially because mm -hmm. we were specializing in trucks and jeeps which is rugged and tough and yep. spartan you know it just it all made sense and so that's how we got the name for it and it just flows really well and people have loved it and so there is no correlation with like this is it south warren spartans or something yeah like so south warren spartans, spartans and then a lot of people Michigan in town State think spartans that like they're yeah. like oh are you you know do you go to south warren i'm like no i'm from atlanta <laughs> um so there was no correlation but it's funny how it worked out that way i think it helps us and hurts us in some way i think some people will yeah you know go to a different high school and they're like yeah they have spartan on their school i'm not you know on their business it's also a it's also kind of a 
it's a cool thing to brand. It is. Because everybody know. recognizes that, that everyone helmet knows. Everyone face. Knows. Yep. And so what this is actually kind of cool. So if you flipped the the actual photo where it's got the plywood up and um, what the building looks like as of today, uh, April 30th, 2021, um, that's what the building looks like. And it's coming along pretty close to what that rendering was. Now flip back. There's a whiteboard drawing okay. that we drew in the accelerator here that we're in right now. It was actually in when we were in the student accelerator. So before we had this, I think this was like late 2017. I drew this on a whiteboard and I told myself, and I told Andrew working for us, I said, five years from now, we're going to build a facility on a main road here in town and it's going to look like this. What's crazy is after I designed the current facility on paper, the new one coming up, we didn't find this photo until well under, we were, until we were well under construction. Really? And if you look at the similarities, you can flip back to the other one. We pay, the, the most similar portion of it's that front, kind of that triangular front, and then there's flat portions of the building going to the sides. If you flip back to the other one, you can kind of see how similar it is. It's, and you uh, did not remember did, didn't doing remember this. that. It's subconscious. It was just a subconscious thing. Like I've talked to a few people, um, and they're like, that it just had to have been in the back of your head. Just the whole had to be. Just the whole design of it. And you drew that. Go back. I, I drew that one. Yeah, it was a little bootleg, but it was uh, enough to put something in my head. And then, yeah, we went from from that one to this one that you're gonna pull up right here. It's it's just trying to find it. It's crazy, and, and people people love that. I think it, they think it's so cool. I think it's really cool. That's it's nuts. Freaking crazy. You can. That's I don't know. Paradigm shifting. I mean, it's just right? It's just you're you're very you really make decisions on purpose and place yourself at certain places in the right time. I mean, you have control. People have a lot more control over their destiny and what they do than they think. I think so. Um, I, I, I really think that life and, and business in general is just a game. And there's some people that play it and there's some people that get played. And uh, if you want to play it, you just have to be very deliberate about mm -hmm. what you're doing. And you have to surround yourself with good people. You have to work hard you know, and, and just try to make the right decisions. You're going to make wrong decisions. I mean, I know we're talking about, you know, success and this of and that, course. but I've made a lot of, you know, wrong decisions. I've lost a lot of money. You know, I've lost some good people. I mean, there's, um, a lot, a lot has happened that hasn't gone to plan, mm -hmm. but enough has happened that has gone to plan to get us to this point. And I really, I don't like to consider myself successful yet. I, I would, I'd rather say, you know, we've been very successful at the things that we've set out to do. But if I were to look at it all on paper and, you know, look at myself in the mirror and say, you know, you're successful, I wouldn't say that I'm there yet. Um, and that's, that's just my personality though. I, I just, I'm always chasing. I don't stop. Always wanting for a little bit more. Exactly. Yeah. yeah it's like there's all these doors that are open in front of you yep. of all different routes that you can take yep. throughout your life, but you still have to make the conscious decision of which door you're going to walk. Yes. A hundred percent. I think that's the level of autonomy and decision-making and control yep. to an extent that you have over your yep. situation. Is I remember we door. talked about that that yeah. one time. That was oh, cool. Yeah. I like that analogy a lot. Super true. There's a quote by Kobe Bryant, RIP. God, I love Kobe Bryant. But his quote, it hurt. says, uh, I'm I'm not perfect. I'm chasing perfection. Yeah. And you'll, you'll never yeah, achieve perfection. But, man, the, the, the effort is to – that's the thing is the effort. Try. Yeah. Try and get there, that's man. And and it sounds to me like you're trying. It seems to me like you're you're going we're above trying. and beyond. We're trying. I'm Are you? All right. So let's kind of we're gonna wrap it up a little bit. We're gonna do some rapid fire things a little cool. bit. Are you a regimented person? Very much so. Very scheduled. Very. What's your? Uh, do you have a morning routine? Yeah, I get up every morning like five fifteen, five thirty. Um, I don't drink coffee. 
I've never drank coffee. I, I, I think coffee's awesome, and I, almost everybody I know drinks it, but I can't drink it for some reason. It just gets me just too, too amped wired. up. Yeah, it's just too much. And yeah, wait till you're 30. It sets me over. I don't know. <laughs> get um, some kids, bro. My, <laughs> yeah. It'll probably happen. I remember you telling me that one time. Yeah. It'll probably happen at some point, but yep. I'm trying to go as long as I can go. Um, but I did, too. Don't drink coffee. Drink a cold glass of ice water every morning. They so, say that's better for your metabolism and everything anyway. I probably need to go back to doing that. So <laughs> not sure if you've ever heard of the Wim Hof method. But breathing, so look it up, Wim Hof, he does a breathing exercise every morning, and that's supposed to be a good replacement for coffee, because it like oxygenates your blood, I can see it. And, but yeah. it's pretty like... Intense? Uh, yeah, you just, well, people have different reactions to it, you just need to go, go look yeah. it up sometime, it's, it's fascinating. Cool. Check that out. But yeah, very regimented. Okay. I think the only time where my day isn't regimented would be maybe when I'm at work. You know, yeah. I don't have anything enough of a business. You know, I have enough of a, it's the same day to day to where mm-hmm. I can come in and have, just have the same structure. I mean, I tried to do, you know, okay, if, I, if I'm taking cash to the bank or yep. if I need to, you know, run it around town to do a few things, I try to keep that consistent um, to a degree. But the rest of the stuff is just kind of, what do I have on my to-do list to do today? And then I prioritize everything. Um, but very regimented. And the same with, you know, once I leave work, you know, whether it's if I'm working out or um, listening to a podcast, listening to music, um, you know, what I'd be making dinner, going to bed, you know, all that stuff. It's, I think it's I think it's really good. It's, it's worked for me. Yeah. Instead of just kind of being all over the place. And you know, it, it just, it works against you in a lot of ways, in my opinion, if you don't have much of a, much of a schedule or some sort of routine to yep. just get in the, you know, to get in the habit of following. Okay. So th- that was going to be another one. So when you're working, when you're in the zone, doing your thing, mm-hmm. what's your music? Who's your go-to? What do you like listening to? Man, people make fun of me for it, but I like I like lo-fi beats a lot. Oh, where's Booba? Lyrics, without the lyrics, I like lo-fi beats he a lot. He departed. Um, <laughs> you missed the good part. Um, I like listening to podcasts a lot, just kind of mm-hmm. the background noise. Um, so I have something called auditory processing, and so it makes it vi- it's like dyslexia for hearing. Um, really? Yeah. So for the majority of my life, listening to music, I actually couldn't keep up with the words that were being said. So like if I would listen to a song and you would just pause it randomly and say, "Tell me the last." 10 lyrics I couldn't tell you I just couldn't so listening to music I was always just listening to the sound of it which is That's why lo-fi beats stuck with me a lot yeah. I, mean, I listen to everything I listen to almost everything um, but that's probably because you're listening to the, the music. Sound, listen to the sound. I mean, I obviously my parents played a lot of '80s. I love '80s music. I yeah. love. Um, I, I, it's all over the place to be honest. But mm-hmm. I like lo-fi beats a lot. The podcast um, it forces me to listen to what is being said, and typically things are being said slower than a song. Um, but if I'm listening to different types of music, you know, I'm listening more or less for the sound. Whereas my brother, who's really big into music, when he's listening to He's he's like oh I just love you know the story behind the song you know the purpose and I'm just like dude I'm not even following the story yeah I can't even keep <laughs> there's up a story can't even keep up with it yeah and uh, I also have dyslexia too and ADHD so I've had a, a lot of things to kind of work through which yeah. has not been the easiest but it's do you think that some of those out. things make you try harder make you go that extra mile to stay focused Absolutely. on what it is you're doing I did a speech um, I was actually watching it last night just because it came across um, and something I. I'm sure what I was on, but it, it was it was in my Google Drive. I was looking at photos to send to you, and I came across it. it was a speech I did at WKU. I think it was like 2018, mm-hmm. and I said, you know, turn learning disabilities into life abilities, or something like that. That's neat. And the 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 thought process behind it was, 
dyslexia, you know, you flip words around, you flip letters around, numbers around, things like that. So it forced me to have to proofread things, to read things two, three times to make sure it was right. Whereas, you know, a lot of my classmates or people I work with can just glance at it once. And the likelihood of them making a mistake was sometimes higher than me because I had to look at it two, three times to really make sure it was right. So that was one part of it. It forced me to kind of slow down and really go through it. The other part of the turning uh, the disability, you know, learning disabilities into life abilities was the ADHD. Mm-hmm. I've always looked at ADHD as something that helped me yeah. or something that hurt me because it allowed me to focus on multiple things at the same time, keep up with a lot more things at a faster pace. Mm-hmm. It, so I was almost able to dial in more things yeah. at one time versus some of my friends will just be like, dude, I got to focus on this one thing. And once I get this done, yeah. then I can go to the next. And yeah. I can be doing multiple things at the same time and yeah. continue to have the same level of, um, um, you know, quality of work. Well, as you get older, that that word multitasking yep. becomes huge in everyday life. Absolutely, and, and especially when you start having kids and working a job and doing all these fun things, uh, you're, you're multitasking twenty four hours of the day. Yeah, even when you're asleep, you know something oh, yeah. goes boom in the night. All of a sudden, you're like, uh oh, for sure. Yeah. So yeah, I'm, I think it helps with multitasking for sure, exactly. for sure. Um, what is? I don't know if you can actually answer this. What's your favorite product you've gotten to work on? Was it the first Jeep? Was it the truck in Vegas? Like what? Yeah. What is oh, it when man. you look back on your career and you're like, that was pretty damn cool. Yeah. I mean, the three vehicles that I've owned or the companies owned that we built would be the, the, there's a red Jeep that we did or that I did when I was in high school. That turned out pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Did you sell it? I did. Yep. Um, and that's, Do you know who bought it? Like were y'all friends? No, we or? ended up selling it to a, to a, another car dealer. Oh, okay. Doing something else. Um, and then I, or I traded it for a truck, and I ended up building that, but it wasn't anything special. Right. Um, the truck that we built, the gray Dodge that was around town, um, that one was really unique. And then the one that I'm driving right now, which is a supercharged V8 Grand Cherokee, and um, that thing's pretty sweet. It is very nice. In fact, if you go to Forerunner, their website, they did a commercial for you yep. guys yep. for TSG. And the Grand Cherokee is featured in it. Yep, yep. The Grand Cherokee—they did a really fantastic job. I watched Shout it. Out Forerunner. We watched it, and it was fantastic. It, Thanks, I mean, bro. it was fun to make. Swanson Thanks, and Booba. When I, I keep harping on the amount of the quality of work that these guys do, yep, it's true, and you can see it completely in that commercial. They do a lot of great commercials. Don't get me wrong, but that one stood out. Absolutely, it was insane. Yeah, they did some cool stuff. I can't tell you how much heart I put into that project. You put in a lot just of heart. letting you know. Just, just pointing that out. <laughs> you put, you put heart a heart in everything you cool. do though. Thank you. Yeah, I thought it came out great. It was it a was lot of cool. fun. Shout yeah. out NCM for letting us use the track yeah, too. Seriously. That oh, that's <laughs> true. Cool. Dude, that really helped make it all. We need to tag them in this. Because they'll probably recognize a few you. different things, yeah. Um, but of those three vehicles, I mean, we've worked on a lot cooler vehicles at the shop. In the but last they're not few as years. sentimental. They don't have the same sentimental level to them. I mean it's tough. The red Jeep helped me get you know everything off the ground. You know, got the start. The truck helped our credibility and got us to a whole another level that mm-hmm. really took things off. And the Grand Cherokee is just fun. It's just fun to drive. Yeah. Um, I have a Grand Cherokee too, but it's not to that level. Yeah. But they, uh, man, they're all on the same level. Back yeah, in the day, though, Grand Cherokees were they kind of rivaled the Pathfinder. You yeah. remember? Yeah. Now they're such pretty luxury vehicles, yep. and they're great. But man, you deck them out like that, and you can you can have the comfort and also yes. have the capability at the yes, same time nowadays for sure. a lot of different things yeah what is your like three to five year plan now that you're moving now that you're creating your own new space that is exclusive for tsg yeah. you know you said that this this facility that you're building is going to be completely engineered and created for you yep. so you got three to five years what do you see happening 
This one's so tough to answer because five years ago, I was sitting in my parents' garage. You know, God, that's weird to even think about. Three years ago, You're I here. was here in this office. Five years ago, if you told me this is where we would be, you know, today, I wouldn't believe it. Three years ago, if you told me where this would be, I wouldn't believe it. So it's it's so hard to What would you to like predict, it to be? You know? Don't um, guess where it'll be. Where, where yeah, would you like it enough, to that's be? That's fair enough. I mean, our... That's, that's another hard part is the planning of it. I mean, number one, obviously, is getting this new facility opened up. Yep. My next highest priority is, depending on the business we do, the revenue we generate, the profitability of everything, you know, raise wages for our employees, you know, start to offer benefits, you know, just start to take care of the guys that have really helped yes. build this thing. That's my number two, um, besides opening up the new facility. After that point, I think it's just going to be really figuring out how to make ourselves even more different than we already are compared to our competitors figure out more ways to bring in more business and become more profitable um and then i don't know there's only there's only two ways this business can go it's either a single location or it's multiple locations yeah and so do you do you see yourself staying in bowling green uh for the time being yeah Yeah. you personally like If you were to open up another location, would you be willing to travel? Or are you like, man, this is my baby no, right I here? I would have to go with that second. If we were to do a second one, I would have to go to ensure that it's it off the ground, right? right. Um, I, I love Bowling Green. I've, I've been here this fall before years, mm-hmm. um, and it's been an incredible home, and it's really where I've gotten my start professionally. Mm-hmm. Um, I love the people here. I love everything about it. It's growing so much. It's I'm excited crazy. to be a part of that growth. Four years ago, though, just to put it into perspective, yeah. the location that he's building at on Lover's Lane was a little empty lot. Yep. There's a field. Yep. And then go further up Lover's Lane and it was a farm. Yep. That I'll is that. now yep. is the hub. Yep. You know, massive so. development. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. I've, we got our goals and um, I, I don't have necessarily a, a set in stone plan yet. And the reason I don't is just because how much has happened in the last three to five years. It's just so hard to predict it. My, you know, my plan is just to ensure this new facility works our guys are taken care of and then Roll with whatever it. comes next we'll go after yeah, so i don't blame you yeah, on that that's the that's the plan are you happy you did this extremely yeah extremely happy. i think it's been fun i've learned a lot i mean i i have vehicles and i've all i yep. mean we've always had vehicles or whatever but i've never been to the level of like obsession that you are yeah, with them you have to be though you have, you to, have to obsess over it and whatever it is that you're doing it's so much easier to go further in it if you're obsessed with it you yep. fall in love with it. Like I think Swanson and Booba would tell you, yeah. they're obsessed with filmmaking. They're obsessed with their product that they put out. And that's why they be. do it so well. Yep. So you, you obviously you're be. doing it well. We're trying. Yeah. Well, we're trying our best. But. You've got four guys working with you. Yep. All in their 20s, guys. Not on purpose. It's just happened that way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But the, I guess the, the do you think it's trending downward? We got these young cats coming out of high school and stuff that are like, Man, I don't necessarily know that I want to go to college, but I want to get my hands dirty and yeah. work on something. It's it's the whole spectrum. I mean, I'm really excited to see who applies. You know, once we open up this new facility, yeah. Um, obviously, we go into this open-minded. We're an equal opportunity employer. I mean, yeah. So I'm open to whoever, as long as you can, you know fit the credentials that we need in order to become a part of our team. Um, you know, we'll give you a shot. So we'll uh, we'll see. But I think it's just a lot of like-minded, mm-hmm. similar interest individual individuals and. Um, you know, we've all fit together like a family really well. And that's, that's awesome, kind of how it's been created to this point. So, yeah. And yeah. grand opening or the ribbon cutting is? We don't know yet. We don't have a date. It'll probably end up, we're probably the beginning of June. Okay. Uh, beginning of June. We In don't a have perfect a hard world. date. Yeah, we don't have a hard date. And we'll yet. be there? It'll be on like a Saturday. Right, though. Swanson? We better. Uh, I want to. That but took way too long. Family to might be in Disney, bro. First, first week Whoa. of June. So 
don't don't you do it around me. You do you. <laughs> no, don't worry, I won't. Okay. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm leaving the set. I'll give no you a private. I'll give you a private tour one day. Oh, okay. cool it's dude, awesome. Man. Have y'all? Booba, Booba will be there though. He won't leave me hanging. Yeah, he won't. Have yeah. you been over there yet, Swanson? Have you seen uh, the new yeah, show? Yeah, I've been over there a couple times. God, it's yeah. neat. I haven't been inside. It's huge. Though, it's a big metal box. I, but I drive by. That's it what you said. It's a big day. box. It's just a big metal box. Yeah. Yeah. That's neat, man. Well, tell the people where they can find you. Yep. Uh, Give all your social plugs and stuff like that for me. Absolutely. Uh, So, The Spartan Garage, um, www.thespartangarage.com. You can find us on Instagram, the underscore Spartan Garage. You can follow me personally on Instagram. It's Robert Bowden underscore official. Um, oh my gosh. I know. I know. Clone accounts. Yeah, too much. Yeah, there's (laughs) too many guys trying to copy. You got that blue check mark yet? I'm working on it. Blue check mark. I got denied once. My, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, I'm. I'm trying. I'm trying. You gotta but, sell uh, your soul for that. Is that how that works? I guess so. Yeah, somebody's like getting. I mean, this something. will help, I think. But um, oh, okay. yeah, I'll take you. we'll see. We'll but yeah, that's that that's what we've got. We have got a new website that we'll drop um, right after we open the new facility. Um, like I said, we'll have that grand opening. It'll be on a Saturday in the beginning of June. Come out, check that out, and uh, meet myself, meet anybody else. Um, just super happy to be here. It's crazy. Yeah. The last thing I kind of wanted to talk about or say um, was the the day before Andrew actually reached out to me regarding the podcast. I was working out and I was thinking to myself, you know, dang, it would be really cool to be on a podcast. That's awesome. And I was That's like, so cool. I, I would, I, I don't know, it was just weird. It was just a thought that I had. And then I got yeah. a text like that next morning or something like that. And uh, it was last it Friday. Was, yeah. It was either that morning or the afternoon. It was one of the two. It was right after I had that thought. And I was just yeah. like, dang, and this comes back in that whole you know, divine, divine intervention yeah. or synchronicities, you know, just something, but everything happens for a reason, man. You just gotta, you just gotta roll with it. Right. We're going to leave you with a present. We got you because he's a car guy. You can't even see it because it's white. It is your sticker. It's the Forerunner helmet. The Forerunner helmet. You can't see it because it's white. I mean, I look silly even holding it up. We're going to step up the t-shirts eventually. Thank you you so much. And I brought you guys a gift too. I know. That's going to be a new set piece slash uh, my new hat. Hey, it's, it's a Richardson. Wait. It's nice. People oh, like gonna, them. We're gonna put people it, like them. Right. Yeah. See, I think. Like, are Boom. we are we talking about putting them like uh, hanging them from the front of yeah. the uh, the or behind bench. behind? Yeah. So they're, all be these cool. hats are gonna be That'd become be set pieces. Well, I appreciate it. And you got what? Uh, tell the folks at home what you got to do today when you got here. Um. Oh, we got to sign underneath the table. Yeah. It was right. Very awkward angle. It was hard to <laughs> You're get flexible enough to bend. So my signature doesn't look as good as it typically does. We'll probably oh, throughout your back again. Yeah. 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 It, it is hurting. These bar stools are. Uh, they're comfortable. They're comfortable. Sorry oh for gosh. slouching. By the way, guys, the back surgery. Unacceptable. Unacceptable. So we got a few more weeks. New Spartan Garage is going to be up and running. You guys can connect with him on Facebook, Instagram, yep. whether it's through the Spartan, the Spartan Garage, yep. or through Robert's personal stuff. That'd be awesome. Definitely give him a shout. Uh, let him know if there's anything that he can do for you because he obviously does great work. Any, any last things you want to say? No, just uh, just thanks for having me on. Don't really, mention it. I really think we we this. would. I, hope I can come back to one. I was going to say we would thoroughly sweet. enjoy that. And not even talk about. TSG stuff related. Just talk yeah. about all this stuff. I think there's a lot of cool things that you know, we all have in common, and absolutely and cool just to just to talk about. But um, how's it back being in this room? It's cool. It's, does it bring back memories? It really does. Yeah, a lot of cool stuff happened in here. Humble it's, beginnings it's here. Super <laughs> humble beginnings. I mean, the only other thing I wanted to say is just life's short. You know, just no holding back. All gas, no brakes. I mean, just that's neat. You know, I mean, life's short. You do it while you can, while you're alive. Where'd you get all gas, no brakes? I think there's a YouTube channel. That's, uh, I don't care. We're probably going to quote it on the caption because that's awesome. I say to my guys all the time, like when we hit our sales goal for the month and they say, okay, what's our, what's our goal for the rest of the month? I just, rest of the month, I'll just say all gas, no breaks guys. Just, you know, whatever we can do, do it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just, just go after it. You know, a lot of people are afraid of failing Mm -hmm. and, uh, that's just a part of it. Once you kind of get over that hurdle and just go for it, 
that's how you really get stuff going. So life's short, just go after it. Yeah, Stay all gas, no brakes. You heard it here. Guys, if y'all have any other questions, connect with him. I promise you, you will absolutely enjoy it. We'd love to have you back. Yeah, I'll be back for sure. Awesome. We'll take cool. it easy, guys. Thanks so much, and we will see you soon. Appreciate it.